Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk joining you on a Sunday evening. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Robbie, we have been invited to Churn and Spoon on Monday for a tasting. I feel like we got called out a little bit. Yeah. On on what we wanted. When you put it all into a tweet and I got (laughs) to look at it, I'm like, Okay, it does sound like the kids went crazy there. I don't know. And in fairness, we did say this does sound like a five-year-old made this. And so we were just kind of bouncing th- some we're, things. We're going to keep working. We're going to keep tweaking. Que- yeah. Keep tweaking we, We've got to find something here. But that said, if you just go and order something off the regular menu at Churn and Spoon, it's going to be fantastic. Same way over at Strange Brew Coffee House. They are a great local business. They take care of their, their neighbors. Take care of them. Head over to Highway 12 or University Drive. Or, of course, you can go over to, to Brupolo, coincidentally in Tupelo. There is still plenty of great national championship merchandise, and you know what? You just can't have enough of it. You need a shirt for every day of the week, because every day of the week you might run into an Ole Miss fan and you want to rub it right in their nose. So head over to collegecornerstore.com or one of College Corner's two locations in the Jackson area. They are in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Pick up some national championship merchandise. Hats, shirts, polos, everything else you need, they've got it at College Corner. Humble Taco. Ooh, maybe this week. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Very possibly. See what happens. Yeah, I, I just to see where the flow takes us. But anytime you're in Startville, if you haven't been to Humble Taco yet, you need to go. And if you've been once, well, you know what we're talking about. Startville's newest and best Mexican restaurant, Mexican Fair with Mississippi Roots, a unique menu of Southern favorites turned into Mexican classics and stuff you're not going to find anywhere else. Something for every eater. Next time you're in Starville, make sure you head over to Humble Taco, sit on the patio, enjoy a frozen margarita, grab some tacos, and have a good time. So this is sort of the the calm before the storm, right? This is the lull. Media days ends. Practice starts next Saturday. we got two weeks here. This is the lull before the storm. Yeah, and I feel like I'm in a lull. I was at the Neshoba County Fair this weekend, Went to Geyser Falls, uh, which it's going to be really difficult to get me back over there anytime soon. Uh, way too many people, um, and it was just it, it was a rough experience. But the Shelby County Fair was fun, and uh, I'm looking forward to going back on Tuesday to see our friend uh, Hardy take the stage. Listen, Brian, you were talking about College Corner and, yeah. and how much merchandise. You will not believe oh, the Mississippi I'll, State yes, I would. merchandise Oh, at the fairgrounds. Yeah. Every five feet, someone's wearing a national championship. You're talking about some people that are proud right now. I saw about, you know, 12 to 15 cabins with the national championship banner. Everywhere I turn, um, I, I see a Mississippi State fan mm-hmm. wearing a national championship shirt. Mm-hmm. These people are pumped, and they are not going to let anybody uh, – they're, they're going to let everybody know about it yeah, I, I, until I, I, until the end of time. This first football game <clears> – <throat> 
going to be a lot of baseball-related T-shirts and shirts being worn at that game, and probably going to be all year. So yes. that's just the way that is, and that's really good. One thing I, I noticed, and, and this, was, this has been something I've talked about many, many times on this show, uh, prior with, with Joel and with Bob even, it's that the process of Mississippi State being able to get respect from the media was a long and hard process. 2014-2015, MSU predicted to finish last in the West those years. And it took Mullen basically his whole tenure that when he left in 2018, Mississippi State had respect. There wasn't, well, I know they've got a ton of guys, but I still think they're going to be fifth or sixth in the West because they're Mississippi State. Here we are three years later, and MSU picked dead last in the West. No first or second team All-SEC guys, only one guy, and that's Charles Cross on the third team. It only took three seasons to undo all of that. We could put the blame wherever we want. A lot of people deserve blame. Uh, I think Dan Mullen takes some blame because, obviously, when you look at the recruiting the last couple of years, it wasn't enough to sustain what he was doing. Obviously, Joe Moorhead takes a ton of blame you know, because he lost those games. Mike Leach has some blame because of the way they played, you know, mid, you know, basically week two to week eight or nine last year. Now State's picked to finish dead last. I don't think they're going to finish dead last. I, I, I think, you know, when you look at the, the, the order of finish, Alabama is pretty much locked in at one to me. A&M's locked in at two. I think Arkansas is going to finish last. I won't be totally surprised if they don't, but I, I don't have enough faith in KJ Jefferson to run the same kind of offense we saw from Arkansas last year. So unless Kendall Bros is going to make some big changes, I don't know. Three to six is sort of a, a, a mixed bag. You can just pick names out of a hat. If you said your order is Auburn, Ole Miss, State, LSU, okay. If you said it was LSU, State, Ole Miss, Auburn, okay. I'm not going to argue too hard against you. But what, what we've seen now is that from the, the media who were at Media Days, there is no respect for Mississippi State in 2021. It's crazy how much different the respect for Ole Miss is as for Mississippi State. Yeah. The hype around Ole Miss every year. Mm-hmm. Every single year. Uh, I without even looking, how many times have they been picked last in the league or towards the bottom of the league? Not many times. Not many. And they've been to one bowl game since 2016. Yes. Is that right? Yes. So um, anytime the media has an opportunity to give Ole Miss a boost, they're going to jump on it. They love the fact that they have that high-powering offense. Whoever the quarterback is there, they like to jump on that. There's a wide receiver. And, and listen, a lot of that is, is warranted. Ole Miss does have quite possibly the best offense in the SEC, one of the best offenses in the country. But I just feel like we we pick apart Mississippi State's faults a lot more than we do Ole Miss's, um, and that's kind of the case this year. And uh, you know, Mike Leach is not getting the benefit of the doubt, despite twenty years of um, the experience in, in the Power Five at, at places that, quite frankly, don't even have the same amount of resources that Mississippi State does. Um, and I know Mississippi State's in the SEC, and you have to judge that a little bit differently, but you would think that Mike Leach would get a little more credit going into year two than he is. Uh, but really nobody expects Mississippi State to be any good at all. And, you know, we haven't really really propped them up this year either. I, I think there there is going to be some growing pains with this team, but at the same time they're returning a ton of guys from last year the defense you expect to be better the offense you expect to be better so picking them last in the sec seems like a little bit of a stretch i you know 
I feel like State and Arkansas are a little bit closer. Um, so I could I could see Mississippi State finishing last, but at the same time, you're right that they're just not getting any respect whatsoever. Last in the SEC, they have one guy on three teams in the SEC, and that's Charles Cross in the third team. So nobody expects Mississippi State to do anything this year. You mentioned Mike Leach, and if you have looked at his career, it has literally always been uh, he's better in the second season. Always better in the second season, both stops. You know, and you're right, it seems like it's been forgotten. Uh, you know, I know MSU fans don't like Barrett Sali, and that's fine. But, I mean, he is just adamant that this, his offense is not going to work in the SEC when, at the end of the day, we saw it work the final four games of, of the regular, or three of the final four games of the regular season. A year of improvement, a year of repetition, a year of practice and workouts. It feels, you know, like at the end of the day, yeah, State was three and seven in, in the schedule, but they played all SEC teams. They would have been a probably a six win team at worst uh, had they played a normal schedule. And they, they were they were good enough to beat you know the the four non conference games that they had last year. So for me, I, I, I you know. And I, I, full disclosure, I picked State six in the West, but that I, I, that doesn't mean that they're not going to be improved. I think they're going to be a seven and five team. I certainly think their ceiling is is nine wins. And it's not so much where that State was predicted. It's the number of people who are so there are a number of people like Barrett Sali who are just adamant that this is it's going to be some sort of failed experiment. That Mike Leach is just some kind of cartoon character right. that we just listen to at press conferences. And he doesn't actually produce anything on the field, but yeah. we just keep him around because he's he's a fun guy. And he's in his second year. Let's, 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 we keep him around like he's been here since longer yeah. than Jackie Sherrill. Uh, Another thing that bothered me, I'm sure you saw it, was the the Dave Bartu tweet. And I, talk know, about that. Yeah, I agree with you. So I, you know, I get it that he's very big into numbers, and you know what the numbers say is what the numbers say. There's no bias behind the numbers, and usually they're correct. And I haven't. I haven't just followed him uh, tremendously close over the years, but I know that you know he's respected in a lot of circles. But to ma- he made out like Mississippi State was just you know this uh, this band of uh, D two athletes out there that are going to have to compete in the SEC for the first time, and they haven't been competing in this conference for over a hundred years. Uh, that they're all of a sudden just going to have a brutal schedule, and you know they're going to have to have medical staff on on tap to be able to stretcher this team off the field um it's, i'm like i just don't really understand that line of thinking mississippi state plays in the sec west and has for for a long time and they've played alabama every year they played alabama i believe they played alabama almost more than Ole miss or as or close oh state has played alabama a lot more than Ole miss. okay well there you go so i mean this is not anything new to mississippi state uh, this might be new to Texas and Oklahoma, but not Mississippi State. So the fact that you know Mississippi State, of all teams in the SEC, is just going to have this brutal schedule and uh, have to be carted off the field at the end of the game is just kind of it, it, laughable. It, it is surprising. Like I said, though, people's natural inclination, for whatever reason, is to, to, to down Mississippi State. And, I, and I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that there's bias, but there is. I'm not saying it's because people just hate Mississippi State. It's just that I feel like of all the teams in the West, they're just the easiest to pick on for whatever reason. Yeah. People want to believe in Ole Miss. 
I think Sam Pittman gave uh, Arkansas some cachet amongst the media. They like him. And Leach, you know, for whatever reason, is – I mean, it's funny. is everybody talked about Leach. Well, he is polarizing. Whenever I talked about Leach, I'm like, oh, man, can you imagine if he was in the SEC? It would be so great, so hilarious. And now he's here, and they're like, ah, he sucks. Yeah. Whatever he does, it's not going to work, despite the fact that he's had almost 20 years of experience. And that does I look at the last few games, especially the Georgia game is the one that stands out the most to me. State went to Georgia with 43 players and lost by a touchdown to a team that, you know, was by, by the end of the year playing some of his best football. Um, and Will Rogers was really good in that game. And, and Jaden Wally, that was his sort of his breakout game. And Georgia, you know, is a team that's good year in and year out defensively, and State moved the football well on them. And, you know, they played, they moved the football on Ole Miss. Again, they played, you know, way undermanned. Auburn, they played poorly. There's no question about that. And then they played great against Missouri. And it's, it's, it's a, I, I, there was actually a good post on, on, your, on your message board on 24-7 where somebody said that in the West, everybody is sort of, was sort of down last year outside of Alabama and A&M. And everybody has a, a promising young quarterback. So it's just sort of a question of how, you, how you want to vote. But I feel like there's more negativity surrounding Mississippi State and the predictions they're receiving than is warranted. That's how I feel. The only person that I've seen that it's, that truly gives Mississippi State a shot this year and and mentioned some of the same things you did is one of our national podcast guys, Josh, Josh Pate. Pate. Yeah, Brandon Marcel was telling us about this. Josh is uh, is is one of the one of the best guys in the business. I think right now covering SEC football. And I don't just say that because he's been positive towards Mississippi State because last year he was very negative towards Mississippi State. He just calls it like he sees it, and he has a great point of view. And I think his his metaphors are very good. But he mentioned what you just mentioned. They went to Georgia undermanned and had some kind of rallying experience with the team there. And he believes that you can translate that into the next year. And it's, it's kind of a question that I asked Mike Leach when we had our local media gathering before SEC Media Days, is how much have you kind of seen that transfer over to this season? Mm-hmm. And he, he feels like that, that, did, that did play a factor for them. They, they really kind of rallied around each other after that, and it felt like they started – they got everybody that was going to buy in to buy in. Yeah. And from that point forward, they might have been outmanned and they might have been outnumbered, but they played hard the rest of the way. And that's a cliché – uh, statement, but that team played really hard down the stretch, and you could see a different ball club than you saw in the first, you know, five games. Not, not mentioning LSU. So, you know, Josh Pate believes that this team can can surprise some teams. He believes that uh, he even, I think he's even mentioned that State has a chance. You know, A and M could be a, a an opportunity for Mississippi State to pounce there. That's a dangerous really? game. Wow. Yeah. Um, because I think A&M might be coming off an Alabama game or something. So Josh Pate's really the only guy that I've seen that has been, from a national perspective, that has been kind of watching this unfold and believes that Mississippi State can take a step forward this year. I think everybody else is just having lazy takes right now Mm -hmm. and just jumping on each other's bandwagon. I, I just don't think that people have really broken down Mississippi State's roster and moving into this year um, and giving a good, honest take. The, the two other people who, uh, while I was in Hoover, that I talked to, that, you know, high or not, for example, Cole Kublik likes Mississippi State. Now, he picked them six in the West. 
But, I mean, there's just other good teams in the West. Yeah. You can be six in the West and still go to a good bowl. I mean, you and I both picked Mississippi State six. Yeah. The, the argument is just we believe state is better than well, what people are what saying. What it feels like is a lot of people are saying that six might be state ceiling. Yeah. Cole didn't agree with that at all. He thought, he's like, this is a team that could easily win nine games if things go their way. Uh, Chuck Oliver, who's one of the big uh, biggest college radio guys, college sports radio guys in the country, very high on Mississippi State, said they could be an 8-9 win team, said in his opinion that Emerson and Forbes are right there with, with Stingley and Ricks. I'm shocked nobody's talking about them. That, that's, that's really the shock. Emmanuel Forbes not being one of three, three teams on the All-SEC team, and he can't get one of them. The guy was a freshman All-American. The guy was the leader of the, in the country in pick sixes last year. What on, why would he not have gotten – I had him first team. Just on numbers alone, he should have been probably in the top three. Yeah. You're, you're telling me that if you're going to sit there with a straight face and try to tell me – because here's the thing. They don't vote cornerback and safety, right? Yeah. They just vote DB. If you want to sit there with a straight face and try to tell me that Emmanuel Forbes and Martin Emerson aren't top 12 DBs in this conference – I can't. I can't get behind that. There, it's just laziness. It's just these. It happens really every year at SEC Media Days, and it's why I think we need to cut down on who gets to vote. Whenever I see people voting, uh, Ole Miss to win the SEC championship, yeah. Arkansas, South Carolina, you're out. If you do that immediately, you're out. Yeah, I, I'm going to see who did that, and you're no longer voting. This you're making a mockery of the voting process. Arkansas is not winning the SEC. Neither is South Carolina or Ole Miss. So you're, you're make, if you make a mockery of the process like that, you're out. We don't need somebody from uh, you know some blog that got credentialed to the SEC Media Days and you decide to wear a tie so you feel like you're important. You don't need to vote anymore. Right. If you, if you can't take this serious and you can't put your pom-pom in your bag in your hotel room uh, b- before you come downstairs, then you just need to you, you don't need to vote at all. It doesn't make any sense. The, part, the people who vote Ole Miss, and the Ole Miss gets a first place vote every year. Every I, I got to know who it is, but I, I have a good feeling. I have an idea who it is, and I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong on that, but it, it's it's just, and maybe I, maybe that makes me like I feel like a little bit of a you know, am I like a big J? Am I trying to like be too stick? But I try to take my job seriously. And I try you to make my You don't have to be a big J yeah. to just vote fair. Yeah. Well, not, not fair isn't even the word. It's just logically. Ole Miss is not winning the SEC this year. I'll tell you what, Ole Miss has a much better chance of winning the SEC than South Carolina does. Or Arkansas. Or Arkansas. Yeah. So it's just so. Emerson not making it. Jaden Wally. I mean, Jaden Wally is going to Jaden Wally caught fifty two for seven sixteen last year, I think. That's right. That's in and pretty, much, games, and pretty much five games. Basically, he did it in five, six games. In a full 12-game season with non-conference games, Jaden Wally is going to catch 75 to 80 passes for well over 1,000 yards. That's just going to happen. And that's Will Rogers' guy. And you're going to sit there and tell me that that guy isn't one of the top 12 wide receivers in the SEC? That's craziness. Aaron Brule should have been first three teams. Brule, I can at least... Yeah, there's, you're talking about, so you're saying he's... If you said there's a top 10, he could be 10, and that would have him outside the all-SEC parameters. But Forbes, Emerson, and, and, and Wally were no-brainers for me to have on, on, on my teams, and they, they didn't make it. I can't, I can't get over that. And to be honest with you, those guys were more productive than Charles Cross, if we're being yeah. serious. I mean, Charles Cross 
basically everything on Charles Cross right now is hype. Mm-hmm. That's basically all projection. Um, you know, he started last year for the first time, and he was solid, but we saw more from Jaden Wally, Emerson, Forbes than we did from Charles Cross last year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if I had to pick, I would pick Forbes and Emerson over Charles Cross if we're going to pick some guys that are going to be on the All-SEC team. But, um, you know, I understand that with – with uh, the media that hasn't really broken down Mississippi State, they just think Charles Cross is a projected first-round pick, so we need to throw him on there. And, uh, you know, all these other guys, they're not from LSU or Alabama or Auburn, so we're not going to put them on there. So, But, I, you know, I just looked at it and I just kind of – it is what it is. It's like this almost every year. So, Right. No, I agree. I agree. And I think the coaches' team will be much more telling. That's a good point. And, again, you know – what 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 sucks for Mississippi State, and I know people are like, well, what does it matter? Blah blah. It, perception is reality. Recruits don't want to play for a program that is perceived to be not good. So you know they want to play for teams that we're, there's hype for. And so the problem is now it's the it's sort of the thing I was talking about with Ben Hallen is now that the the stones down at the bottom of the hill again. You got to start pushing it back up. Now if you you win seven or eight games this year, that's a good push. And then if you can do it again next year, then people will say, okay, Mike Leach has got it figured out. But State, once again, from a perception standpoint, is, is down on the, on the bottom. Let's move on over to baseball for a second. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef. Please head over to Val's Market in Starkville for all the great Welcome Home Beef products. They are on the shelves there. And whatever's not on the shelf, let the, uh, the, but- the butchers there know, and they will cut to order. They will place your order if they don't have it, and they will get you those products Great stuff over there. Burgers, steaks, roasts, all the best you can find at Welcome Home Beef. And not just here in Starkville, but in Louisville. In in, in Louisville. Heck yeah. Go ahead and say it. I won't step on your gimmick. Illville, stand up. There you go. In, in Collinsville, in Pontotoc, Bahalia, Corinth, Olive Branch. These are all places where you can get Welcome Home Beef. If I didn't say your city, you need to find out why. You need to find out how you can get Welcome Home Beef on the shelves at your local grocery store. Call them and see what you can do to help. That number is 662-268-8148 or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com. Welcome home beef. It just tastes good. Robbie Falk and I went to Two Brothers on Friday, and you're not going to believe this. It was fantastic, as it always is. No complaints. None whatsoever. Had some uh, good fun, good fellowship, and uh, some good food, obviously, anytime you go to, to Two Brothers. Anytime you're in Starkville, you know that Two Brothers is one of the stops you're going to make. Don't miss it next time you're up here. We're only a few weeks away from football. You know, you know it's, it's not far off. Go ahead and start making that plans to be at Two Brothers maybe Friday or Saturday after the game. Vantage Business Systems wants to help you in two different ways. They're going to provide an incredible inventory of products and services that help your business operate with more profits, less problems. Anything you need, copiers, printers, anything from a technological standpoint, they've got you covered there. And they back up everything they sell with top-notch customer service, the kind you expect from your next-door neighbor. And that's what Advantage Business Systems really is. They are a local business, first and foremost. They're helping Mississippians just like you. Why don't you call them today, find out how you can become one of their success stories. That number is 601-362-9192. Or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business i have to give a shout out yeah go ahead uh we, we talked the other day about the best darn veterinarian in vicksburg 
Mr. Tony, Mr. Tony Loper. Yeah. I'm not going to cuss on this. All right, you know what? Go right ahead. In front of my mother. Yeah, sure. Um, So one of my neighbors, uh, Miss Marilyn Brown, over in Matheston, uh, she is first cousins to Tony's wife, Holly. Okay. Um, And she wanted to let me know that their family is just our biggest fans. Well, great. Um, So I wanted to give a shout out to them and um, the Loper boys, Hayes, Witt, and Tate as well. Uh, for listening to to Thunder and Lightning, uh, I feel like the best storm veterinarian gets probably more pub than anybody else on I, the show. But I really should charge some advertising rates. You really should at this. At point. At least one person has brought a dog to him because he heard about him on this show. But but his boys have not gotten a shout out, so I wanted to give them a shout out. There you go. Um, thank you guys for listening to us and uh, tuning in every day. We're just. A couple of uh, random dudes that like to talk sports, and um, we appreciate you guys, and we appreciate everybody like you out there that that listens to our show um, that w- that we've met over the past uh, month or so. Uh, you guys uh, really help us keep this thing rolling, and um, at the top of the line right now where we are. Yeah, let's talk baseball for a second because MSU got a big time transfer uh, this past week, and you were you're hyping him up on Twitter. Tell us about this guy. R.J. Yeager from Yeager Bombs from um, uh, Mercer. The last guy Mississippi State got from Mercer was pretty good, Nate Lowe. Yeah, who uh, who transferred to junior college after a freshman year at Mercer. So uh, that school's been good to Mississippi State, and I think I think they're going to be good to him again with this guy. Uh, makes things really interesting for Mississippi State in the middle infield. I, I really feel like. Lane Forsythe is probably going to be your shortstop because I just feel like from a from a range and an arm standpoint, I just I think that he's going to be one of the best shortstops in the league next year. But this guy can fill that hole at second base, which is huge. That, that's, that was my big question with this is, are they moving Forsythe or are they going to let this guy play to second? I, I got to think he's going to be the second baseman. I got to think. He, he can very easily handle shortstop, but – I just feel like it's an easier transition to move him to the other spot in the middle infield. But you've got a, a legit bat uh, at second base and in that lineup. Now, you know, it's it's a lot tougher to hit SEC pitching, but Scotty Dubrule adjusted uh, fine late in the season last year. Uh, this guy's got a lot more power than Dubrule. 13 home runs last season, 50 RBI. Um, a guy that's going to bat, I don't want to project his, his – uh, his stats, Mississippi State, but 300 or so at, at Mercer, uh, 300 to 315, 325 at Mercer. And, I mean, a legit power and a yard that's really the ball is carrying out uh, more often than not. I feel like this is a great pickup for Mississippi State, who had a big question mark there at second base with the loss of Scotty DeBrule, and you didn't really know what to expect there. So uh, adds a lot more competition. I feel like he's going to win that job. Because I don't think he would come here at this point if he yeah. wasn't going to win it. But there's there's some competition there. Davis Mesh has had a good summer so far. I feel like there's going to be some good competition, and this guy should be pretty darn good. Feels like from a hitting perspective, if this guy gives you what DeBrule gave you with some a little added pop, that's a successful transfer for Mississippi State. Absolutely, and you know you're hoping Lane Forsyth makes a jump. Mm-hmm. I feel if, like I feel like the the last couple games you started to see that. Yeah, I think he just was. He just hit a freshman wall, and he was just so far in that funk. He just needed something good to happen for him, and he got it. I think it was a, it might have been an infield hit in the College World Series when he got that base hit, and he was just really good the rest of the way. 
So you you got to think that everybody's going to make an improvement going in the next season. And you've lost Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan, and those are huge losses. I feel like you've, in a lot of ways, you've made an upgrade at second base with Jaeger. But uh, you get you still got the outfield. You don't know really what to expect out of Jess Davis, who had a really good season at UAB. But you know he's still got to prove that in the SEC. And uh, you need to see Braylon Skinner make a jump. Brad Cumbus needs to make a move up. But if you believe that all of those guys are going to get better than they were this past year, geez, this roster has a chance to be really special again. And you're not even talking about the pitching. Yeah. Speaking of pitching, we, we learned last week and we haven't had a chance to talk about it. Uh, Houston Harding is going to go ahead. He took he'd sign a free agent deal with the Angels, I believe. Yep. So he'll be playing with the most overrated player in pro baseball, Mike Trout. I very I vehemently disagree with you on that. I remember you and Joel arguing. <laughs> that thing blew up so bad. I was like, oh. <laughs> anyway. you got to own it at this point. Yeah, at this point, I just wear it. But uh, that being said, you know. Do you, do you see State going back into the transfer market here to maybe look for a left-handed pitcher? Do you want to go with Andrew Walling as, as maybe that guy? Who, State's got to have another left-hander. Who who who's that guy going to be? You know, they I, I think they can make it without going and getting someone else. They got Pico Khan coming in, mm-hmm. uh, a freshman that I I thought had a good chance to get drafted this year in the top ten rounds, and he didn't. Andrew Walling, obviously a guy that was that had a chance to get drafted in the top ten rounds himself. You hope that Cam Teller gets better, just like we talked about the players uh, in the, on the offensive side of the ball that are going to get better. you got to think Cam Teller's going to get better as well. And that was a player that had a chance to get drafted last year. And if it was in a regular 10-round draft, probably would have. Mm-hmm. So that's a talented guy that he pitched a lot this past season. Yeah, but pitched well at times. Down the stretch, I, I thought he just really struggled. But I think that he's going to be a big factor for Mississippi State moving forward. So you have that nucleus of left-handers there. I think you're good. And and the right-handers are just silly, the guys that they have coming back next year. So, I mean, this team, it, it would be shocking if they're not top five in every single poll preseason. And they should be number one by most of them, if anybody has any sense. So are you saying that Mississippi State would be the odds-on favorite to win the national championship at the beginning of the year? I'm not going to say anything about odds. Do you have anything to say about the odds? I do not. I will never, ever. Actually, you know what? I might do odds more often now. Yeah. Since it worked so well this past time. I don't have have an issue with it. Mississippi State won the national championship after I said they were favorites to win the national championship going into that, that final weekend. So, All right. Uh, two more things, non-sports related, before we go. Oh wait, Adam Frazier got uh, is is getting traded to, to the, the San Diego the Padres. Padres. Great for Adam Frazier, not so great for Brian Haydad. And just Don't missed the Padres. He just missed Hunter Renfro. Yeah, by a couple of years. Yeah. Renfro's, a, Renfro's had a good past couple of weeks. He is in he's, Boston. He, he was struggling. They are pulling away with that division. Sorry. Yeah, the Yankees suck. Blue the Yankees suck. So they were they were no hitting the Red Sox through seven on Sunday, and lost five to four. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Giants lost two or three this week to the Pirates. <sighs> um, I had a few of y'all ask about the the pork shoulder, and Robbie is uh, he sampled it. He said it's good. It was very good. Uh, just a quick run through. 
So I use my little cheat method that I use for pork shoulder. I don't, I don't like to smoke the shoulders whole. I just got the little Weber kettle, and I don't really have 10 to 12 hours to give you, to be totally honest. So I like to cut it up into chunks. It's a bit much. It's a bit much. Uh, I, bought, I actually bought a marinade, but you could certainly make one. It's just it would be olive oil, garlic, lemon juice, parsley, oregano, salt, pepper. Uh, I marinated it overnight, and then you, know, you wash the marinade off, seasoned it with salt, Cavenders, which if you don't have Cavenders in your, you, you don't know, what are you doing? Cavenders is great on everything. Uh, Cavenders, oregano, um, did I use anything else? And some black pepper. I give it a couple hours of uh, on the grill, indirect, in some smoke. Pecan is the smoke for I chose for today. Uh, just get, them, get some color, and then you take them, put them in a foil pan. I put it in there with some olive oil, another bottle of that marinade. Uh, I juiced a couple of lemons and threw the lemons in there. About 10 cloves of garlic, uh, and then half a bottle of white wine, and some butter. Wrap it up, and let it sit there and cook for a couple more hours. I didn't want to go all the way pulled pork. Like, if you look at the picture, it's it's sort of chunky. I wanted it more chunky. I didn't want it to be like strings, you know, like like shredded apart pulled pork. If I wanted to do that, I'd let it cook for another hour, probably. i tell you what it kind of reminded me of mm. that I've had before is lamb. Not not the... That, that, not, that marinade would be fantastic on lamb. That That's what the taste... To me, that's what I was going for. I mean, obviously, so. lamb and yeah. pork is much different from oh, yeah. a texture standpoint, but the the marinade it tastes like a, a lamb dish. Yeah, that, really that, good. That, I mean, it's Greek. Greeks and lamb. Yep, they just go together. So that, that's what I did. Uh, that was this week's recipe. Polks didn't. I didn't use any polks this week, but they did send me a T-shirt. Nice. So I'm gonna be. I might be wearing that very soon. Is it crimson? No, it's gray. It's okay. gray. So. Good. You're, you're good. Then. All right. And now here's the part in the show where if you don't like wrestling, you should just go ahead and stop listening. Just stop listening. I don't want to hear any complaints about us talking about wrestling. So we're about to talk about some wrestling here. Because next time, if you complain, we're just going to talk about it in the we're middle of the show. We're going to do a whole show, and I won't give you any warning. <laughs> just sit there and listen to us. All right. So the wrestling talk starts now. Is CM Punk about to come back? I See, I've not read on this uh, stuff lately. I've okay. been a little out of the loop this weekend. What Is I that- have read... Is is it coming to AEW? Or? Uh-huh. Oh, so is that CM Punk will debut at AEW All Out? All Out. Oh my gosh! Which is, I believe is in Chicago. I want a ticket. It's the it's the weekend of the Louisiana Tech game. Oh, I looked. One of I the looked. greatest one of the greatest atmospheres I've ever seen. Sports, Money in the bank. anything. Money in the Bank, Chicago. When CM Punk fought John Cena, and the crowd was just they were nuts. into it. They were into it. That, uh, that is one of the greatest atmospheres you will ever so, see. So that's supposed to happen on September 5th. Oh, that's going to be insane if I, he shows I, up. We, we, we're definitely going to rent it. We're definitely going to... Oh, yeah, yeah, there's no doubt. We'll watch it. But I, I, I looked. I was like, if that's on a, a, way, a way I can get there, I'll go. And then when they do their New York show like two weeks later, that's when Daniel Bryan is supposed to be there. Oh, boy. So, Can you imagine Daniel Bryan and CM Punk and AEW fighting each other? That would be that's awesome. what that's what's going to change. That, the, the tide is about to turn. WWE yeah. is in real real trouble. They, they're gonna it's gonna be like the Monday Night Wars where they had yeah. where Vince has to what, kinda, what just happened? Something fell off that chair. What okay, was I'm, that? I'm breaking stuff in here. All right. Um, basically, though, Vince is gonna have to make the decision. Okay, we're gonna have to we have change to do some things up. And I think they part and of that, they will. And they, they well, will part of that was bringing it. Cena back. Yes, which was fantastic. That was awesome. I think that, oh, wow, the chair just sort of fell apart there. We'll, we'll give it a look when we get back to work. I here. knew I was putting on some weight, but geez. Jeez Louise, I, you'd think it'd be my chair. <laughs> uh, Dad bod over here. Yeah, Cena winning his 17th title and overtaking Flair. That'll be a fun moment to watch. But Not for me. 
Why? I, I don't want to say. I, I love Flair. Don't get me wrong. Flair is my all-time favorite wrestler. But Cena does that record does need to be broken. Records are made to be broken. He's already tied it. He, he's kind of turned into the Rock, though. He just kind of shows up. Every I agree, but I think he might be back. I think this might be a bit of an extended run. The the, the smart move is to let this, that match happen at Royal Rumble. But yeah, what this is going to happen is what we've talked about is there, everybody's going to think Cena's going to be able to knock off Roman Reigns. Right, you build, build, build Royal and Rumble. It's not going to happen. And, and then Roman Reigns, and then the next time he's out, he's like, "There's nobody left." There's nobody left. I am the head of the table. I am the greatest Samoan wrestler of all time. If you smell, is what the next thing you hear. And that's WrestleMania. Can we just t- talk about how great it was to f- have fans back at oh, wrestling? Like, I had gotten so tired of seeing, uh, you I, know, this random dude in Missouri yeah. in the background clapping because yeah. the thing told him to clap on, yeah. the, on the Thunderdome yeah. and hearing fake crowd noise and all that. And seeing you people watch, do uh, thumbs down. Did you watch Dynamite Wednesday night? Yes. So you saw Chavo? Yes. Oh, that was great. Uh, and you know, AEW. I love what they're doing with Andrade there. Yes, AEW has been ahead of the curve with the crowd and all that stuff. So yeah. they, so they showed WWE that you yeah. know you got to have this. And, and I, I've kind of been looking forward to to getting a real crowd back in the stands. Yeah. To tell them whether or not something sucks. Right. You know, if that you it, cannot manufacture. Yeah. What people need to be, yeah. what people think they need. So, CM Punk. That would be awesome. Can't wait. All right. End of wrestling talk. End of today's podcast. Back tomorrow. We got to catch up on some opponent previews and stuff. We'll do that. Uh, we'll definitely do a rumblings this week. That'll be. We got to get the rumblings, man. People are just. I, out I there know. Just I know. We'll, get, we'll make it happen. We'll you make got, it happen. You guys got any more of them rumblings? Got any more of them? You got any more of them free rumblings? <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll do that and a lot more this week. So get ready for that. Have a great uh, rest of your Sunday evening and a Monday morning. Back with you on Tuesday for Robbie Falk. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.